blood was flowing in Bluebeard's house, in the abattoirs, in the circuses where God had set his seal to whiten the windows. Blood and milk flowed together. Arthur Rimbaud. Holy shit. <laughs> the milky milky, the milky 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 milk. The milky milky milk. The milky milky milk, the milky milky milk. Ah, the purple that is collapsing. Head for the hills and prepare your intellect to flow. Oh, oh, oh. The game of life is changing. Man is about to awake. Electric sunbeams dancing in the milky, milky milk. <laughs> um, you, sorry. Your tongue milking me so hard and I'm sucking on your nipples. Licking milky, milky stars. I feel like a slab of butter that is melting <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> The presence melts away now that you and me are one. Made a nilla Sunday and the greatest truth appear that I'd opened up the flood tides of the last two billion years. I ask myself a question, what the fuck is God? But I know that I knew it from the milky, milky gods. The milky, milky milk, milk, your lips get me so wet. When I'm singing all the verses from the Tibetan Book of the Dead. The milky, milky milk. The milky, milky milk. Miley Cyrus. Oh, I was not expecting that. <laughs> Folks, welcome to another episode of Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast. My name is John. With me, as always, is my co-host Josh. Josh, how are you doing, fair sir? I'm doing quite milky, thank you, sir. Oh, good. <laughs> I I could, I was like, all right, is this is this E.E. E. Cummings? No, this can't be E.E. E. Cummings. I was like, is this Allen Ginsberg? It's way too about lady sex to be Allen Ginsberg. <laughs> Who could this possibly be? And I was not not prepared for it to be Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I was like trying to find some good milk and blood poetry, and then I. The best thing I found was that Rimbo, and I was like, okay, maybe some lyrics would be good. And that was the first one that came up. And I was like, oh, chef's kiss. That is fantastic. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that was almost as good as this movie that we watched. <laughs> I, yeah. there is a lot of milk. I am going to go ahead and say I thought it was cummy blood. It probably was. I mean, there's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll kind of get to our interpretation of that, but it's uh, effectively looks like milk mixed with blood, you know. And there is a lot of milk in here, too. Yes, that's true. There's yeah. there's a lot of fluid in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and a, a lot of confusion about what goes in a refrigerator versus what does not go in the refrigerator. <laughs> yes, yes, no kidding. Uh, by the way, we're talking about 1981's Possession, by the Polish director Andrzej Zulowski, about Probably. as close as I'm going to get. Sure. Yeah. Uh, this is a semi-autobiographical film about uh, a breakup of a marriage that he based in in a lot of ways directly on the breakup of his own marriage. Uh, apparently, a lot of the dialogue in the in the beginning of the movie is taken straight out of his own life, which is terrifying. Wow. Um, yeah, what a, what a shitty relationship. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's just a it's just like a giant uh, uh, metaphor for uh, bad love. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely not world politics, though. Mm-mm, no. no, not no, at all. I, no, having a British, the only British lady in here be named Marge, that can't represent anything. <laughs> not a thing. That it took place in Berlin and the wall might as well have been a character, not important. <laughs> really kind of funny character kind of like this this movie's monty python character (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was remarkable to me because i you know i i lived in europe i think we were out of there by 79 i never i've never been to berlin but even in 1981 berlin looked like a shithole yeah it was just filthy like it just looked like they had really had not bounced back from the war at all no. Just no. just built a wall and let everything go to shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't know anything about the era. Like I don't like I don't know a whole bunch about the Cold War stuff, like yeah. all of the things surrounding it. I feel like this gave me more perspective on it than I had before. Like everything in here is so drab and <laughs> depressing. Just just everything is concrete walls and plain white paint and plain white furniture and everything has this grayish or bluish tint or hue depending on where you are if you're in their apartment it's this weird sterile white bluish environment outside it's always fucking gray like the sun doesn't exist there's a little scene at the end where you see some trees that are green and you're just like ha ha color (laughs) we we made it finally (laughs) things are alive that aren't made of tumor and then there's her apartment where it's like all the dark brown uh, uh, wallpaper that's peeling and bubbling off it's like oh fuck this is awesome (laughs) yes she's living inside David Lynch apparently (laughs) oh very David Lynch they're There are some some bunnies with strange lighting and weirder dialogue. <laughs> All the bunnies. <laughs> yeah. Also, so this like we're talking about like oh how drab and everything in this movie is gorgeous. It is. Oh, yeah. It is strikingly beautiful to look at all the way through. This is a movie that was like this is the restored version. It's got all the nasty bits uh, added back in, and the the version that we watched is a 4K restoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the movie was kind of lost for a long time. It was banned in England as a video nasty and all that dumb shit. Uh, it became a cult classic that you know you could find online if you were you know willing to pirate it, and uh, and that was about it. It was really kind of hard to get a hold of a decent copy of it, and then uh, you know it kind of had this. There was like talk of it having a resurgence, being restored, and sure enough, Shutter put out the 4K, and it's fucking gorgeous. Yeah, just just gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is striking, strikingly good looking. It's uh, uh. Damn, yeah. Th- this movie's great, by the way. I would before we start doing spoilers or anything. If you you should watch it. You oh, really please should. watch it. Yeah, I, I I'm I've seen it several times now. I, the first yeah. time I saw it was a long time ago. Um, well, not that long. It was a few years ago. But anyways, I I uh, it had a huge impact on me at the time, and I don't even think I was ready to watch it again. I just needed to kind of absorb it, and then I kind of went on with my life. So I didn't really see it again until this version, which was a revelation. Yeah. And and the first time I watched it after all that time, it, it just completely floored me again. And then that 
since I've watched it, every time I watch it, I see more, like, I I feel it more, you know, like, it, it impacts you. Like, if you've ever been through a bad breakup, which most people, most adults probably have, yeah. uh, this movie kicks you right in the nards. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a real teeth cruncher for that. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's you know, it's 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 not uh, meant to be taken straightforward. It's an allegory, but but dude, it hits hard. <laughs> yeah, especially I will say, uh, probably for people that have gone through bad breakups and have children together. Yes, the because the, fuck yeah. that. Yeah, the 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 worst uh, Joker card you could possibly have in that situation. It just makes it yeah, all the emotions that much worse and. That's what this is all about is these, you know, both of these people just just at war with everything and themselves and, you know, just lost and trying to, you know, do something that she knows she has to do. And he probably knows she has to do it, too. But both of them have their doubts. And it's it's just, you know, he turns into like this kind of stalkery menace and she turns into this hysterical you know, like emotional time bomb. It's just, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's incredible. Um, it, I'm trying to think. So so it's very it's very much like Twin Peaks. Like I can't imagine that that Lynch didn't see this. Like this, it, it's not like this inspired Lynch's work. Like Eraserhead came out before this, and mm-hmm. you can definitely see some Eraserhead in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. But but it's very much at, it's it's like an angry episode of Twin Peaks, um, yeah. and uh, if you enjoyed Darren Aronofsky's Mother, this movie will be great from you. This has that similar um, impact of uncertainty surrounding the reality of what you're seeing versus like like how much of this is actually this story being told and how much of this is like symbolism for something else Mm -hmm. this movie is it has that same thing that mother has going on but this one stretches it out for a greater amount of the runtime whereas with mother it's like you've got that questioning and then at a certain point it just kind of flips into oh wait is this an allegory for something Mm -hmm. whereas with this one by the end of the movie you're like maybe it's an allegory or not (laughs) (laughs) yeah i it occurred to me that there were a lot of uh parallels in this movie i mean with this movie and uh men in in an interesting kind of way i mean it's it's almost kind of an exploration of the same thing at least in part but but it's through the guy's point of view sort of i mean he's the he's just kind of the narrative focal point it's not really about him so to speak it is, but I mean, not, you know, he, it's just as much about, it's, it's about breaking up basically is what it's about. Yeah. Um, to- told from a male perspective, mostly just because that's what the director knows. That's where he's coming from. But uh, yeah. Wow. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. God damn <laughs> this movie. This movie's fucking great, but I don't know how we're going to like, th- this movie is very difficult to summarize. We're going to try, but there's no way to summarize this movie in less time than it takes to watch the movie because you can't really like you have to watch this movie more than one time like i've watched this movie four times now and i'm still catching little things like only on that fourth time did i catch the pink socks at the end Mm -hmm. um i was like oh 
And then I had to go back and watch all of the scenes with that guy again and be like, well, wait a minute. Now this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> pink tie, pink socks. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, it's it's great. It's brutal. It's uh, at times disgusting. It's very upsetting if you're su- susceptible to being upset seeing people with um, mental mental breakdowns being portrayed on screen then this one's very hard because you're seeing people going through a lot of emotion of hard 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 emotional turmoil and that manifesting itself into their actions and into their well-being so that's rough um and it's got a lot of stuff also uh some child endangerment that's that's uh pretty upsetting right there at the end to just really squaw on the nards yeah no kidding yeah, it's uh, uh yeah, exactly. It's got uh yeah, there's definitely some stuff that that is going to uh, be difficult for people to get through, lots of people. Uh yeah. but it, but at the same time, I mean, I think that it's you know, it doesn't it doesn't use any of that stuff. It sounds ridiculous, but it doesn't really hit yeah. me as as gratuitous. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's hard to once you see the movie, you're going to be like, "Oh yeah, John, no that wasn't gratuitous at all." But I really don't think it is. I think it's it's a guy who's telling a story as honestly as he, you know, he's putting his pain into the story. He's not just telling some account, you know, like he's, he's, he's portraying how it feels, you know, and, yeah. and that's obviously open for interpretation, but, uh, but he's, he's pretty clear on how he feels about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 This, this movie is, <sighs> It's going to be hard to do this, but let's, let's, you, you, are you ready to dive right on in? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, it has a straight narrative. It has a, it has a narrative thread that you can follow. It's not one of those kinds of movies, but the problem is there really isn't a line in this movie that's out of place. And there's oh, yeah, a no. lot of, there's a lot of dialogue in this movie that is really essential. And, and I mean, short of reading the fucking script, it's like, just go watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do watch the movie. Like we're we're going to spoil it, and there's a lot of really good things in here to spoil. Like yeah. th- this movie is packed with some goodness. Yeah. Um, uh, but it would really, it's really way better to see it than to hear two assholes talk about it for the first time. I mean, you got even the people. You know, like Isabella Johnny is absolutely gorgeous. She's a French Amazing. actress. Uh, uh, Sam Neill. Everybody knows Sam Neill. He's been around forever. Uh, he, he, you know. Youngest people listening to this might uh, know him from Jurassic Park franchise. He's the old scientist guy. Yeah, um, not Jeff Goldblum. No, no, not no. that one. He was in Event Horizon. He was in, you know, The Omen. He played in the second Omen. He played the uh, older version of Damien. I mean, he's been around forever in the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. Uh, great actor. Merlin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So I mean, there's a lot of talent in in just between those two, and they're oh, yeah. familiar, which, which is part of the part of what makes this movie so interesting is we know who these people are, and just seeing them like, I mean, it's it's very actory in a lot of ways, like the oh, yeah. the, the gusto that they're going for, especially her, but I, I, she's tapping into something primal there. I mean, that's yeah she that's it may be the bravest performance i've ever seen of any actor it's pretty intense 
Yeah, yeah. Like, when I went into this thinking, oh man, Sam Neill's gonna, like, show up. And then I was just like, oh my god, Isabel and Johnny is amazing. Like, she she steals the show. At times it almost feels like this movie is mm-hmm. about her and not about mm-hmm. Sam Neill's character. But that's just because, like, she's just so good and you're just, like, swept up in her That thing. scene where she's being filmed and our POV is her looking at the camera... I was also like, she's looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was confusing, too. I didn't catch the fact that it was he was watching a reel of film until, like, the second time I watched it. Me, too. I was like, what's happening? Why is she making eye contact with the camera? This is weird. Ooh, this is creepy. Oh, my God, what's happening? And now she's talking to me. <laughs> the first time I watched the movie, it was just a, it was just the emotional weight and the sheer, like, heft of the whole thing. You know, just taking it all in one. And then the more I've watched it, the more I, you know, you really start to see that the method in it, you know, like what the, there's a lot going on and and it really actually makes a lot of sense. You know, like a lot of the stuff you see where you're just like, what the fuck is that? It's like, okay, actually, I kind of, kind of get it now. Kind of. Yeah. 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 It's uh it's it's a good one. So yeah, go watch it, yep. and then we're, we're gonna we're gonna dive in. We're gonna get through it, and then we're I'm sure gonna have a lot to say after we've summarized it. Right. Uh, we see that Mark is quitting his job as an intelligence agent to save his marriage. He's in a stark room with a bunch of dudes at a table asking him questions about his spy work, <laughs> um, including at the very end of it, uh, what the, the guy at one end of the table says, does our subject still wear pink socks? We, we are taken to Mark and Anna's apartment, which we see overlooks the Berlin Wall. It is, in fact, just within binocular range of the Berlin Wall. Um, Anna ends up breaking up with Mark at a cafe. He says that he won't see Bob, their son. And then he starts flinging chairs around until the waiters and chefs have to restrain him. And then he's in a hotel room for weeks going through withdrawals. Like, like being away from her is a drug and he is, he is cleaning that out of his system. Then he shows up at his home and finds his son, uh, Bob has been left alone. The kid's just eating jelly out of a jar, and he decides that he's going to take over custody, which he declares while doing a really awesome job in a rocking chair. Like, <laughs> no, nobody rocks a rocking chair like Sam Neill. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um... And then uh, taking Bob to school, he meets Bob's teacher, Helen, who he mistakes for Anna because Helen is also played by Isabella Johnny. I don't know if we ever actually get Helen's name. Um, there's even a point where... Do, there's, there's two times, I think, where her name is, is spoken. Okay, okay. Well, that works then, yeah. Um, and then also in here, Mark finds out about... Uh, Anna's lover, Heinrich, who is played by Heinz Bennett, who is amazing in this movie. Like, we talked about Sam Neill and Isabella Johnny, mm-hmm. but but Heinz Bennett's Heinrich is just so over-the-top amazing. I loved every moment he was on the screen. He's so despicable. He really is. Um, He's just the best. <laughs> towards the end of the movie, he shows up on a motorcycle, and whenever you see him on the motorcycle, you're like, of course this asshole's on a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, um, he's basically, imagine what if Sting, but instead of a musician, he's a German dancer. Um <laughs> 
And uh, so Mark goes there. He 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 confronts him about Anna, and and Heinrich says, "Our situation is like a mountain lake. We're both trying to swim in, starting from different shores." And he's like taking taking Mark's hand and pressing it against his naked chest and saying that they should like bond through this experience. And then Mark attacks him, and then of course Heinrich fancy beats the shit out of him with some sort of capoeira or something. <laughs> it's like um, dance karate or something. <laughs> yes. So then of course Mark brings his bleeding face and built up a violent resentment home and then slaps the entire shit out of Anna. Anna then walks down the street. Uh, she's she's wearing the, um, the sunglasses and the hat and the hair pulled forward and blood is just streaming down her face. This movie has amazing blood. Probably my favorite movie blood because it is just... There's tons of it. It's snotty. It's stringy. It's chunky. It's so good. Movie blood. It's it, yeah. Um, it's one of the few movies with movie blood where I I wasn't thinking movie blood the whole time. <laughs> yes, I was like, it looks like something bad broke inside you. <laughs> that stuff is gross. <laughs> is that your liver? Oh God, it's so viscous. <laughs> uh, so Anna's walking down the street, bleeding profusely, and. With the strength of her dramatic innerness, she causes a truckload of wrecked cars to spill onto the street while he's chasing her, and she's screaming at him, warning him to not dare try to follow her. That's right. The wrecked car wrecks. It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, Mark takes a little time to uh, kick a soccer ball around with some kids, and then runs into Anna's pal Margit Gluckmeister. I yeah. forget her actual like Margit is like a her like shortened version, whatever, it doesn't matter. She's got a broken leg. Great. She's wearing yeah. a weird cast. Uh they they have this weird discussion where she offers to watch Bob and he's just seething with hatred for her. He just like I, he is so great in this movie. <laughs> I, I mean, like he hates it, her so much. They both hate <laughs> each other. I know, I know. It's great. I just <laughs> his performance, like he is, he is the most seething, rage-filled man. Like I, I just thought it was all cheesy acting the first time I saw it, but I was willing to accept it because the movie was so intense. But the more I watch it, the more I'm like, these performances are great. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. He is the most charismatic, icky little creep you've ever seen. <laughs> there's some scenes. I just there's some great scenes. I like everyone now. It's just like, yes. Oh, well, I wouldn't want to keep you away from your coffee. <laughs> I love your coffee. <laughs> I love your coffee. <laughs> so he, he visits. He visits this detective, Mister Timmerman. Um, this guy's office is, is even whiter than their house. I mean, it's just or their apartment or whatever. He hires this guy to trail his wife. He wants to know, you know, where he, he wants to try to figure out where she's going. Um, at back at the house, he's we see he's tucking uh, Bob in in bed. Bob's their kid. Uh, Margit is there he, in their bed. He tucks her in the same way and says the same thing, and then she sits up and gives him a hug, like this weird kind of. I don't, it's weird. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, yeah. Uh, later on, Anna comes home, and he's basically just, like, drilling her in the kitchen. And she's drilling beef through this meat grinder. 
Oh um, my god. This beef that she's cutting with like a like a carving knife, electric carving knife. She's stuffing it in and getting more, you know, emotionally fraught than, you know, there's so much tension. And it goes like that for just a little while. It's it's getting crazy and then she freaks out and takes the knife and cuts her own neck with it and screams, goes completely batshit. Um he takes her into the bathroom, tries to clean her off. He puts this bandage around her neck, which is, you know, the, the shot of her with that bandage on her neck is pretty iconic. It's, yeah. it's kind of kind of like something you associate with the movie. And then now he's so, you know, he, she's off whatever she's doing, getting ready to leave again. And he's, you know, cuts his own arm several times with the, the carving knife. And he's just kind of sitting there looking at it. And she comes in and she says, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> and he says... No. And then she leaves. Yeah. <laughs> so uh she's she's on the train now and uh this old guy is following her, this weird guy, and she's it's her, the old guy, and the bum that she's sitting directly next to, who reaches into her bag and just helps himself to a banana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He pulls out I like that he pulls out the bunch of bananas, selects one, and then very gently puts the bunch of bananas back in there. Like it's, it's like a very, very, uh, uh, polite theft. We need to have a hall of fame of, of weird characters that are in the scene for like one in the movie for one <laughs> tiny scene. Cause I think yeah. he might be the winner. He doesn't even say anything and he completely he, owns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he steals that whole show. <laughs> he just takes a banana. <laughs> Okay, sure. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, that was great. Uh, she gets off the train. He's chasing her. It's so obvious that he's chasing her. And there's a great mm-hmm. scene where he, he must have stepped in dog shit because he's like dancing on one foot and trying to wipe his shoe off. It's But it's great. Um, you're like seeing all this from across the street. So it's a nice, pretty wide shot. They uh, he, he gets to where she's she's he's followed her to this apartment. Um, her, which is her new place, he or old place or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he goes up and he's like ringing the doorbell really annoyingly, won't stop. He's pounding on the door. Finally, she opens the door and, uh, you know, he goes in and gives her this horse shit about how he's got to inspect the place for the landlord. He's checking the windows to make sure they work. And then there's this great scene where he's like, uh, now I must go to the bathroom to check them. And she's like, you fool, they're on the windows in bathrooms? <laughs> Which I was like, there's not? Okay, whatever. I've had bathrooms with windows in them. So he's like, well, I must check anyway. And, <clears throat> you know, and, and he ends up in this room, uh, bedroom, and in the room is the tentacle fetus monster Something. thing. Just some yeah. bloody thing with like it's so weird and like a weird upside down dolphin face oh it's so weird in the meantime she's in the kitchen uh, vacillating between normal and completely bug-eyed insane she (laughs) smashes a wine bottle she's like wine (laughs) smash throws it on the ground picks it up takes the bottleneck into the other room and just fucking maligns the guy <laughs> she's just like slice ah. he's bleeding all over the place more great blood totally murders this dude it's great uh it is a really good shot too it's so good that the room is so gross and that he's bleeding it's just a big mess uh back at the house back at the apartment uh helen uh or as i call her analog uh, 
shows up with her green contact lenses and uh she gives bob a bath uh you know she's helping take care of bob and then uh uh hans is it hans heinrich 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 shows up uh he wants to talk to mark and we get this weird wasted heinrich on his magic envelope powder i guess doing this interpretive dance visit where he's just like, oh, I'm looking for her because <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Yeah, he can't. He can only speak when he is actively flinging himself between dramatic poses on on various walls. So like, he'll he'll be flinging himself towards like the door frame, and then once he gets there, he stops speaking. And then to speak again, he has to start like doing a little spin move and fling himself over onto the stair railing. And like, he just he he can't not be. <laughs> doing a weird dance it's amazing he like strokes his bare chest with the back of his hand it's it's so weird and then he'll do this thing where he's got his arm up around the back of his head and then his hand is touching his face on the other side from behind his head and stuff it's real good it's fucking amazing and uh mark he, he he's looking for anna and mark gives him that line he says Yin-yang balls dangling from your zen brain. <laughs> and then the Heinrich says, There's nothing to fear except God. <laughs> Mark says, For me, God is a disease. That's why it's a disease. Through the disease, we can reach God. <laughs> I love okay. that line too. I also quoted it. <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, the teacher questions why bob yeah heinrich fucks off whatever so the teacher is now uh, helen is questioning uh why bob is very clearly fucking traumatized i mean <laughs> why could he possibly be traumatized can't um, imagine why yeah and mark gives her this you know oh woe is me i'm a victim i'm a martyr story and she pretty much calls him out on it which i think is hilarious and then yeah you know to show her disgust um she Basically, just immediately caves in and they go to the bedroom to fuck. Yeah, um, but I don't think they do because they get the uh, the old coitus and start screaming, which is what she was referring to earlier. That mm. he screams when he's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. and so yeah, they don't they don't get it on. She goes checks on Bob. She comes back, or he checks on Bob. He comes back, and then we get you know we get to see a nice long shot of Sam Neill's ass. Yeah. Um, so all is not lost. <laughs> and then um <laughs> the we cut back to the main detective. He's he's very worried because the he encounters Mark. He's very upset because um what's the guy's name? Emmanuel, <laughs> the other detective is missing and uh you know he's he's threatening oh I don't want to have to go to the police and all this stuff and then you know Mark's just basically like whatever, don't fucking care. And then, and then <laughs> the guy is like, "Well, that's good because I'm, I'm with Emmanuel. Like that's, that's his private dick. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, he goes and visits Anna in her new spot. Uh, shit gets really weird. Uh, she sends him into the other room to see the the gore thing, which yeah, we'll get into that. And then we see that milk blood jizz. 
Andres Serrano-style jizz blood puddle on the floor spreading out from the edge of the... It's so good. It's, it's gross. So but it's so good. <laughs> it's just so good. It's so visceral. It's disgusting. It's just pooling um, at the foot of the bed and then cascading down the sheets onto the floor where it pools <sighs> further. And it's... Oh, man. Wow. I think it's... You know, you always hear in movies that, oh, well, blood is a metaphor for this, and semen is obviously a metaphor for that, and, you know, but you never really feel that. But in this movie, that's what that stuff is. Mm -hmm. It's just life, life and birth and, you know, like, all of those things just leaking out everywhere, out of control. It's it's really effective. Um, so you see this stuff, this, this oozing stuff. Uh, Emmanuel is dead. Uh, the The... Main, I don't even remember what the main guy's name is, the main detective guy, but he freaks the fuck out, uh, pulls his gun out. She's like embracing the thing at this point, isn't she? And he shoots. Uh, it pretty much doesn't do anything except she starts screaming. Yeah. And beats him severely with what I think is a bag of flour. Uh, I, I think, yeah, it's it's I think it's a grocery bag that has like flour and milk in it. Okay, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Then now it's like mixing with all this blood, and then she shoots him three times with the tiniest gun I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it's super uh, uh, 007, like all of the guns in this movie are little yeah. 007 pistols. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's something, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, so do we talk about the thing? Like, Yeah, sure. So the, the thing on the bed is a... A crazy tentacle monster. It's roughly humanoid bipedal shaped, but with like tentacles for arms and tentacles for legs and a weird, like I said, upside down dolphin face with like mm -hmm. big stupid lips and, and eyes <laughs> like very similar to dolphin eyes. But in the middle of its of its chest is this glowing cavity. And when you look, you can see that there's like something in there like you're not looking through an empty space to the bed underneath mm -hmm. it it's there's light radiating out and there's like something in there it kind of looks like like blueprints or a framework of something you can't really tell and, mm -hmm. but the the cummy blood mixture is pouring out from between its two leg tentacles not from anywhere just that's where it's originating and Oh boy! And even in there, she like whenever she's talking to that that detective guy, uh, she's even like, "He made love to me all night," and we're just looking at this cum blood puddle pooling ooze, and this thing on the bed's just kind of going. <laughs> oh man, it's and that I think that's like the second time you see the thing where you're already starting to be like. Is that thing looking more human than the last time I saw it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first time we saw it was whenever uh, the the obvious follow guy gets killed, but we just mm -hmm. see it for a second. It's like up against the wall; it almost blends into the to the That's wallpaper. Right. But uh, now we get a get a much better look at it, and boy, is it great! It is fantastic. The, the effects are done by uh, a guy named Carlo Rambaldi. That, that dude's apparently just a genius. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I want to find out. I need to watch more by this director, and I need to watch more things that has that yeah. guy in it. 
I know. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. At this point, Mark comes home. He finds a package on his doorstep. It is a film reel. He puts it into his projector, which everyone just had in Europe at this time. Um, and it is a video of Anna teaching ballet to children. Uh, and whenever the scene starts off, we see him in a room rocking in a rocking chair while watching this film. And then it just turns into us being in that room from the perspective of the camera, the same perspective that Mark was seeing through. We see that the camera is being operated by Heinrich. And as Heinrich is filming Anna teach children ballet, she starts making meaningful eye contact with the camera, especially when she says things. Um, and then the camera zooms in because one of the girls is not stretching her ballet leg up high enough and, and not getting her hips into a horrifically contorted position right. And so Anna goes up behind her, grabs her by the leg, and, and starts twisting her into pain. And the <laughs> camera zooms in where we're seeing Anna's face and this little girl's face and and she's making eye contact with the camera as the girl is screaming in agony and then those agonized screams start to take on a sexual tone while anna mm-hmm. is making eye contact with the camera and then she leaves the girl behind and moves on to other girls to to teach them things and then the girl is just still freaking out and freaking out and freaking out and gets upset and runs away and then Anna begins her little soliloquy of nonsense where she starts saying very strange things to the girls and like how she wished she knew these very strange things when she was young and how great that would be. And then more stuff about saints and 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 the different saints of virtues and angels and and things like that, which Marge had mentioned earlier in the movie, something about being Mm. a saint of something and her leg was broken. Oh, that's right. And then we come back to Anna and Mark arguing. Uh, we see that uh, Mark is more understanding now. He's starting to see, to, like, talk about things like, oh, it must have been so hard for you because when you were here, you wanted to be there with him. But then when you were there with him, you wanted to be here. And he starts, like, being like, this this whole situation must have really sucked for you. Meanwhile, Anna is just freaking out and trying to rip her own hands off, or what looks like it. <laughs> also, here it's worth noting that she hasn't changed her clothes for the entire movie. And so it's just a sequence of, like, food stains and sweat stains. And it's just the, the cloth is getting darker and darker in different places. It's very unpleasant and sweaty looking. Um, it really is. And then Anna and Mark are having their conversation. She starts soliloquying again and looking into the camera like before in the scene. But now we're in a situation with Mark where it's not him watching the film reel. So the camera shouldn't be there. So that starts to mess with our understanding of the timeline and understand with our unders mess with our understanding of the reality of the situation. Um, then Anna goes to church and rubs her groceries into her groin while groaning while looking up at a crucifix and then heads down to the subway tunnel for a masterpiece scene. It is a three minute long solo scene of her alone in a subway tunnel, freaking out. She again grocery bag full of milk and eggs and she flings it around you see the the 
milk cascading along the walls, eggs shattering everywhere, and she's just freaking out. Sometimes she's she's just having like weird body contortions. Other times it's like she's at a metal show and is head banging real righteously and just screaming and, and convulsing. And it all like crescendos up into this point with her squatting down on the ground and then just like exhausting herself. And as she's exhausting herself, the same cummy blood mixture starts oozing out of her ears and her mouth and possibly also from out between her legs and it just starts pooling in the ground around her mixing in with the gross green yellow just floor liquid that apparently exists yeah, here. I don't know what that was it was yeah it's not good it looks like someone's car had been leaking for a thousand years um God, it's those strain noises she's uh, her eyes are all red it was that was intense it was amazing i yeah. loved that <laughs> I feel like you've shown that scene to me before. Like, I feel like maybe once you sent me the YouTube video of it or something, because I was like, I've seen this, but I've never seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, it could be. It's crazy that that scene is three minutes because it just, that scene is everything. <laughs> yeah, I went back and I timed it. I was like, I need to know how much time just elapsed in my experience because it, it, it eats you in. God, that's amazing. Mark tells Heinrich where Anna's new place is, so Heinrich shows up there. Uh, he's got an envelope full of drugs for them to fuck about. Uh, but then he <laughs> finds the body parts of the detective in the refrigerator, makes eye contact with the upside-down dolphin-headed tentacle monster, begins mm -hmm. freaking out, and then Anna stabs him just once, just one really good poke in the shoulder with some scissors, and he runs away. He calls Mark. Mark is very excited about all of this. He meets Heinrich at a bar, and Heinrich is just still bleeding. He doesn't go to a hospital or anything. No, he goes to a bar to meet Mark while he's still, like, actively bleeding. <laughs> and uh, Mark hatches a scheme with a, uh, uh, like, a Converse sneaker. Uh, he... he Clogs up a toilet with a Converse sneaker, grabs and a feather and a feather. Yeah, yeah, both out of the same trash can. He looks at this trash can and there's a sneaker and a feather, and he grabs them both and he's like, "Ha ha ha! I am MacGyver." So he <laughs> I'm a spy. He clogs up the toilet, fills it to the brim with water, and then tickles his throat with the feather to make himself have puke noises, and gets Heinrich to come in there and help him. He's like, "Help me, Heinrich!" And Heinrich's like, "I'm the one who stabbed. I should not be helping other people." People. And then he comes in there and, and Mark just clobbers him over the head with the porcelain top of the toilet tank. Just bam, real good. And then drowns him in the toilet water and leaves. Oh, it's amazing when he flushes it that time when his head's down in there and the, all the like disgusting Pew water, water and blood comes up. And that dude has really got his head in that disgusting fucking toilet. It's man. so good. <laughs> It's like, oh man, this is nasty. <laughs> oh, it was so yeah, it was it was really good. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah. Uh Mark Mark goes back to the uh to her apartment mm -hmm. and she's cleared she's cleared out. She's not there anymore. And he's uh running around, he has this great idea, he turns the gas on, which is the loudest hissing gas I've ever heard in my life. 
<laughs> it's just like, okay, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, every time she screams really loud, which is quite often, uh, you can hear it echo. You can oh. hear this weird echo off in the distance. It's through the whole movie. And then there's a couple scenes where he yells, and I realize that whenever the sound got above a certain level, it echoed. Like, there was one where it echoed like a couple times. It was really this weird effect that was just made it that much more bizarre, I guess. I think he, I guess he did it on purpose. I don't know. But anyways, um, he finds this, <laughs> this plug-in heating element. Um, I've, I've seen these things before, but I forget what, what the purpose of them is. I would guess to, to light your very large cigars. It's, it's like a car (laughs) cigarette lighter, but like an enormous one. Yeah. It's like, do you not have a stove? Do you just, I mean, obviously she has one because you just turned a gas on, but so it's this plug in coiled heating element things that he plugs in and, you know, gets the hell out of there, uh, and just fucking blows that place to hell. (laughs) Um, and by the way, that place is right across the street from the Berlin Wall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so weird. Uh, yeah, so anyways, he's, you know, Heinrich's motorcycle is outside. So he, he grabs the, the motorcycle, goes home, finds uh, Margit in the elevator, bleeding and basically dying. Yeah, like her, and, th- her uh, throat is cut. Yeah, she's just, she's not in good shape. Yeah. He picks her up and takes her into their home pretty much just lays her on the floor, uh, goes back out, sees that Anna is uh, in the bedroom. She helps get him all cleaned up and put, you know, in the kitchen sink of all places. Uh, he he yeah. has this little, they 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 have this talk, like she, they're talking and she says, there's a scene where she's, a bit where she says, uh, do you believe in God? And he's like, in God. <laughs> she says, it's in me, take me. And then they have a shaky fuck. Um, we don't see the fuck, but we see the, the, the afterwards and they're in bed together. Uh, everything's great. She came home because, uh, she wanted to be safe with her faith. This is kind of what she was saying. I didn't really, I was like, okay. And then as always, she bolts once again, I have to leave. I think he sends her, he, he tells her that she needs to go to Margit's place or something like that. But anyways, she leaves, um, she tells him to close the door because it's there. I guess she doesn't want this thing to get out. Whatever. Uh, he puts Margit in the weirdest bag, like a body-length, thick plastic zip-up thing. that It looked like those things you hang in your closet over like a suit or that you put shoes in or something. Or a comforter. Yeah, it was the, but it yeah. was body-length. And so he, anyways, he stuffs her. Convenient. Yeah, he stuffs Margie in there and uh, tosses her in his trunk. Uh, Heinrich's mother calls, and she went to the go to the chief's had the address. She went to the go see the apartment. It's a burned out hole, as she said. And there were all these cops there, and you know she she went to the bar right right you know the, the same bar where all that shit went down with Heinrich. She sees his I don't know how she would ever be able to get into the bathroom, but she sees him with his head in the toilet dead, but his soul is missing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, uh, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Mark goes and gets Bob to, brings him over to Helen. Uh, he, he, he says, he's, he makes her a promise, but we cuts away so we don't know what the promise is. Uh, he finds Anna, uh, he, he she's getting fucked by the thing, which is, oh man, looking pretty human at this point. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's got yeah, a it's human tight. head, kind of, and it's got a human torso, but still, uh, it's gross. Yeah, but it's got it's got like a third tentacle now. That's also its penis, and it's got just like more tentacles coming out of nowhere and going nowhere. It's very confusing to look out. It's on top of her. She's naked. And she's like moaning the same exact sounds she makes earlier when she's you know hysterical. Um, and she keeps saying almost right. Yes, and then she yeah. repeats almost while looking at Mark. Yeah, I'm like uh, almost. I I guess I guess at the you know, in retrospect, she's saying this thing is almost in its final stage or whatever. Yeah. Um, he goes to visit Heinrich's mother, and she asks him if Heinrich is dead, which I didn't understand, because she just told him earlier that she saw him dead. So I didn't know she's if that was She's asking like a... if Heinrich's soul is dead. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Because he would know that. I don't know. She shows him that, that, uh, that she shows Mark that this picture of Heinrich's wife and kid, he has his own wife and kid, and she talks about how, you know, she just talks about her son and how wonderful she is and all this great stuff. And while Mark's, uh, you know, very closely looking at the photograph, she goes over to her dresser and takes a whole handful of pills mm-hmm. <laughs> and just lays down and goes night night. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> right in front of him. It's weird because, like, we haven't mentioned Heinrich's mom, but she's she's been talked about all throughout the movie. Anytime yeah. we talk about Heinrich, mm-hmm. like the first time he calls Heinrich, it's his mom that answers. He lives with his mom. She's always there. She's there every time Anna's been there. They've been fucking basically in front of Heinrich's mom. Pretty much. And sh- she loves Anna. She mm-hmm. misses Anna. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's he she he's had several conversations with her. It's very strange. It, it's really weird, and she's she's actually kind of a cool lady. I mean, she's she's pretty open minded for somebody who's really old and would have been born in like the you know eighteen late eighteen hundreds or something. Um, but anyways, yeah, that whole that whole scene was weird. So she she commits suicide, and he leaves. Um, we're back at the wall. You know, uh, Mark is. Uh, we see a dead he's at the wall he's he's looking you know it's just some beautiful shots of like a guard tower or something like that and then we look down in this river or canal or whatever and there's a dead dog floating in the river he'd been talking about a dead dog dead dog that climbs they go to go into the house to die and all this stuff so then this dude walks up with the (laughs) with the pink tie and uh (laughs) really weird looking dude is like balding but has like crazy wispies and like little round glasses and he's asking him you know some spy shit and uh mark gives this line which i thought was fucking great i met a man who loved everything and he died in a flood of shit (laughs) (laughs) and then we get the coolest like (laughs) like weird electronic music and it's a bunch of spy business. The, there's the wall. There's the pink tie. The, the whole thing. That was just fucking brilliant. That it's amazing. Section. Yeah. And then he, he gets into a cab and he, he tells the cabbie to reverse and then full speed crush, run, slam into the cop car ahead. And as the guy, he, he, he's doing, he's got him at gunpoint to do it. And the cabbie's like, my pleasure. <laughs> yes. Also, a great one-off character. He's in, like, just this one scene. He's like, my pleasure, sir. And then just rams the fuck out of the cop cars and then jumps out of his own window and runs away. Oh, it's so amazing. 
Mark jumps out of the car before it hits, and then yeah, yeah. he he yeah runs into it and gets out, runs away, and then we get this like this like full on crazy intrigue spy movie shootout scene where Mark gets shot like eight million times, yeah. uh, kills the guys that are shooting at him, or at least one of them anyway. Uh, gets back on Heinrich's motorcycle. He's <laughs> there's this shot of him like riding through these darkened like arched areas that are like separating two different buildings on like this old cobblestone road. Everything's sweaty. And he's, yeah. he's flying down this shot. They, you know, they're, they're shooting the shot with a truck in front of him, obviously. And he's screaming. It's the, it's, he's just like, ah, it's so great. <laughs> it took me a couple of views to see, realize that he was screaming while he's driving. And he That's pulls into, the, yeah, he pulls into this parking lot and does the slide, the slide fall and wrecks the motorcycle and gets up and he's just, I mean, he's just head to toe covered in blood. Like one whole side of his body is just red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The dude is fucked up. He got shot a bunch of times. We never will find out why. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have an idea of why, but like it wasn't important for him right. to have rammed those cop cars or to shoot those cop guys. But, it, you know, whatever. It just adds this weird, yeah, this weird level to it. Like, which is weird is that his his real life is that crazy shit. Um, yeah. So he 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 gets to their it's their apartment building, um, <clears throat> and he's crawling up the stairs. It's it's as I described it, it was the worst staircase ever. I mean, it's like this enormous spiral staircase that has this massive void in the middle because it's a spiral staircase. And, I mean, it's a beautiful staircase, but if you're dying, it's not the way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love how much blood is on the stairs, and we see it like it's just like a spiral of blood going up like ten stories. It's great. It really is great. I don't even know if it is his apartment. I think it's just a apartment building, isn't it? I I really have no idea because then what happens is very confusing. Yeah, she she shows up and we get this great camera shot down the stairs with his blood trailing down as you had said. She's coming up the stairs. You see somebody coming with her and she comes all the way up the stairs. She finally meets up with him and uh wow. <laughs> it's it's Anna and what I called miscarriage mark. Yes. I, it's this fucking it's the thing now has turned into another version of mark with these weird black eyes mm -hmm. and it it's it's sam neil but it doesn't look like it it kind of looks like him but it doesn't look like him and it's just it's just him pulling a face that's all it is yeah it's, i'm it's, sure they did some makeup to make him done. look like yeah because there's like no contours on his face it's that's kind true. of like like a face glove, but not enough that it, like, he's obviously not wearing a mask. It's just, it's fucking great. It's like they found an actor that looks a lot like him, but is just slightly off and gave the guy black contact lenses. And it, it's so fucking creepy. And he's just like, <laughs> he's so happy he's about so happy everything. And just blank faced, but happy. Oh, it's, it's fucking crazy. It's um, just like, wow, this is cool. <sighs> How did you find me? He's all like, you know, trying to get her to leave. And uh, it's, oh yeah, it's fucking crazy. He's, he pulls the gun out. He tries to shoot the thing. But before he can shoot the thing, a hail of bullets flies up from the downstairs lobby and somehow magically just, just fills them both with bullets. 
Other Mark is fine. Yeah. Other Mark <laughs> not, did not take a single bullet. Or if he did, he's just bulletproof. Um, so now and they're just... clothes. Like, yeah. it's just... Yeah. 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 The, the bullets just did not come his way. <laughs> he's still just standing there. And <laughs> they're on the ground dying. It's, you know, it's just ridiculous. He's essentially unconscious. I mean, he's not really moving. She's crawling on him. And, you know, it's just horrible. And she takes the gun... Oh my god. Oh, and she she's laying on top of him. She takes the gun, reaches around behind her, and points the gun at her lower spine and shoots herself and then does this oh, this like last gasp thing. It it is really intense. Yeah, and she's holding the gun with both hands behind oh, her that's back, right. pointing at her spine and arcing arching her like back up and head up so that she's like screaming as high up as her face can point while pointing the gun at her own back with both hands. It is one of the best things I've ever seen. That's the I've never seen a portrayal of a of a suicide shot in that way. That was yeah. unique. Yeah, it was that was something else. They oh before that happens they do this blood kiss thing of course and then yeah. other Mark looks at original Mark and says so hard to live with it eh brother <laughs> <laughs> and then he, other Mark climbs the stairs gets to the top of the stairs a lady who looks a lot like uh, what's her nuts in X <laughs> I think it's the I think it's the sexually assaulted ballerina from earlier oh is it. I think so. Okay. She reminded me of Mia Goth in that scene, whoever she was. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so he, he, other Mark gets up there, uh, sees the strange lady. He uh, gives her the gun, tells her to shoot them. So she shoots them. And then he like basically has her give him a boost. So mm-hmm. he can climb up on top of this, this door that's open. And then he's standing up on the door, like, I need to find some way out or whatever. And then the next thing we see... <laughs> His original Mark has jumped the rail and yes. is literally seeing this guy falling down that void in the stairway. It was a hell of a stunt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they obviously they went further down to shoot it, but still, it looked really good. Yeah. Um, and he did not go headfirst into the ground like they did in Curse of Frankenstein, but that's... Jesus! Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. So I guess that's... Mark is now finally dead. Um... Back at Mark and Anna's place, uh, Helen is now there. You know, she's there. She's with Bob. The doorbell's ringing, and uh, Bob is, Don't open! Don't Mm -hmm. open! Don't open! Don't open! It's like, oh my god. Don't open it, please. Please (laughs) just don't open it. (laughs) And she says, But I want to. And she goes to the door, and he freaks the fuck out, and dives face first into a tub of water. And drowns himself in the bathtub, face down. Um, yep. She gets to the door, and before she opens the door, which is made of glass, there, or there's a glass panel in it, we hear an air raid, essentially, like a, a war flashback. We hear the, the planes flying by, bombs falling, crazy piano music. In Through the glass on the other side is other Mark, who's all, eh, like miming, <laughs> trying to get through the glass. she turns to the camera gives us the craziest look and the movie is fucking over damn that man that ending was amazing (laughs) that was that was oh my god so good and there's 
there's so much that we missed, like oh. so much that we left out. Yeah. It's Im- it's impossible. Like even the thing with uh, with uh, Bob drowning himself. Like there's an earlier scene where we see uh, whenever um, Mark is giving his son a bath and he's the the kid is holding his breath. And he's like, "How long did I hold my breath for that time?" And he was like, "Oh, uh, a really long time. It's super great. I couldn't do it. Bye." It's such a terrible parrot. Yeah. Uh, at that last scene at the stairs, we see that one of the people that had been shooting up at them had been that spy guy. And we see like he, he fucks with the cuff and we see that he's wearing pink socks. But he's also a guy. He was at the table at the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie when the guy asked, does our subject still wear pink socks? He's the guy at the other. End. So reality is completely out the window for this movie. Everything's bonkers. It's all flipped around and it threw itself and back. The, it's crazy. I love it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it is. It is so enthralling to watch. Uh, it, it's the movie itself is crazy. Like, like the it it messes with your ability to reason with what's going on. So if you're the kind of person that watches a movie and when you're watching the movie, you turn to the people around you and ask things like, what does that mean? Why did they do that? You're going to have a bad time watching this movie. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's not yeah. Uh, It's not for everyone. It may not be an entry-level movie. No, no, no. This this is some advanced film, but it is it is gorgeous. If you can hang, it is quite an experience. That's a, It's a lifetime kind of movie. You watch it at this point in your life, and then you go back and you watch it at this point in your life, and you... You measure it up against your own experiences, and it means different things every time you see it. It's fucking genius. Yeah, I have no idea what it's what it means. <laughs> I I didn't really either, and so I you know I read some stuff because I was curious, and of you know I mean people always kind of you know sometimes you get ideas that sound oh okay that sounds cool, and other ideas that sound a little shoehorned, you know. Um, but there was a lot of stuff about how. You know, uh, the <clears throat> the the other mark is supposed to be some sort of uh, representation of the toxicity of a of a bad marriage, and that she is she's created this idealized image in her mind of the way Mark could be or was or should be or and that's what this thing is. It becomes that thing, and to other people, it's hideous. And they think she's crazy. How could she ever possibly love something so horrible? In her mind, it, this is the idealized version of Mark. So it's perfectly lovable, you know? So it's, I was like, oh, that could work. I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but, you know, it's passable. And then the idea that Helen is, you know, he's still so obsessed with her that the first person he meets that, that he has any kind of attraction to, he immediately sees her as Anna. You know, he's, she's not exactly like Anna, you know, it's not that close, but close enough, you know, and he's, he's, so then the argument is, well, she might kind of look like her in real life, but she probably doesn't. And he's, he's just basically using her as a replacement for Anna, which a lot of people do, you know, they they hitch themselves to the first person that comes along and they tell themselves that that's because they're moving on when they're just dwelling in their past still. And, you know, that it's like, OK, I could I could see that. That makes a lot of sense. But th- there's also talk about, uh, you know, my interpretation of the subway scene, which I think is shot out of time, is is that or shown out of time is that she's having a miscarriage because she says as much. 
And then my interpretation was this other Mark thing is her miscarriage, but it's also like this, she refers to it as her, not her, there was her faith and then there was her other thing. And it's, it's one of them, one of the things dies when she miscarries and, and the miscarriage represents the other thing, like her saint of this or her saint of one is faith and the other is whatever. It didn't make any fucking sense, but that's, but she keeps saying that. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah I, she's she's building up an internal mythology of her of her own religious creation, right? And, and I mean, I, I guess all that stuff is totally valid and maybe totally accurate. I don't know, um, but uh, it, it's it's very easily open to interpretation. And I think you know, I'm assuming he probably did it on purpose. Uh, it gives you a lot to chew on, but you can also there's still room for you to kind of see it your own way. I mean, I don't know. What what did you think about it about it? I mean, I'm taking someone else's ideas because I don't really know. I don't I don't super know. So the things that I noticed relating to that is also I, I get the feeling that there's other marks mm-hmm. because there are times where he shows up and he's cleaner mm-hmm. and his whole like comportment is different. Mm-hmm. So there's like there's a scene where he's uh, whenever remember the scene where he brings uh, Marge home and puts her in bed. There's a scene where he's like putting her in bed and he's like clean and whistling. Mm. And then later he's there again and he's like all dirty and disheveled yeah. again. And the way that she reacts to him is different. It almost feels like there's like a bunch of different ones. The 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 uh, scene where he is going through withdrawals mm-hmm. feels like that being a point at which he's like metamorphosing into a mark type of thing Mm -hmm. uh so so there's all kinds of like who really is doing what like the the roles that they take on seem very temporary and and obscure but the thing that really entertained me is the the political element to it so we have an american spy Mm -hmm. who is there with his french wife and their child named bob her best friend is a english lady named marge and they have uh there's a love triangle between the american the french woman and the german guy and all of this is taking place outside like just within binocular shot of the berlin wall and this movie was filmed when the director was in artistic exile from Poland. He actually mm. was in the middle of filming a movie in Poland when the Communist Party of Poland said, no, stop, you are not allowed to make movies anymore. Oh, so wow. he got he got the fuck out of there, moved to the rest of Europe, uh, specifically the West rest of Europe, and um, started making movies there. So this movie actually got made in between the beginning and end of filming one of his other movies, because then once Poland re-liberalized, they allowed p- him to come back and finish making his movie. Wow. But so, so there's all kinds of political stuff. So I think part of it is that, that personal uh, relationship element, but also like his own ideas of like the political situation going on. And, you know, just like his own ideas, I think that's why this movie defies full analysis is because this isn't like this is an artistic interpretation of a lot of big elements. And so there's no real objective analysis. There's just you'd have to become an expert of this director in order to interpret all of what's going on in there. But, yeah, it's it's fucking great. Um <laughs> Very, very Lynchian, very Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, 
it, it's very much like the brood which also came out before this um yeah but uh also i f- i want to go ahead and say i think lars von trier got got a hold of this movie because he was uh making short films in the cool little niche euro movie market during the time that this was at the film festivals and you can see a lot of uh influence here yeah his his particularly his tv series <clears throat> uh the kingdom Reminds me a lot of that, with Udo Kier kind of being like the stand-in for for Heinrich. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, there's a there's a whole second series of that that's come out apparently just that last year. Uh, oh, cool. Which is crazy. I don't think I don't even think Von Trier made it. Maybe he did. I don't know. But I, but I need to watch it. it it's yeah. it's like exclusive to one of the one of the um, uh, niche films uh, streaming services like Fandor or nice. something. They made it. Oh, which cool. yeah, which is nice. kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, this movie is. <clears throat> I um, there's an author that I've been reading lately, and he talks about. I, I think I've mentioned him on the show, but his name's Eric LaRocca, and uh, he's a gay writer, but he writes some pretty extreme horror. And I, I'd read on a couple times online, he said that this was his favorite movie, and I thought, well, that's just so obvious, you know. And then I was thinking about it as I was watching it, and I was like, you know what? I think this is my favorite movie. <laughs> I, I for ever since I saw Agira, the Wrath of God, the the Werner Herzog film, that yeah. that movie absolutely changed my life. Uh, this this movie didn't change my life. It just told me some shit in a way that I needed to be told, and wow, it just kind of hit me in a way that I was just like, this movie is fucking incredible. It's not just my favorite horror film. I think it might be my favorite film i've ever seen <laughs> Ooh! wow <laughs> yeah damn. yeah i know yeah I, that kind of stuff hits me hard man the, do you remember the episode of black mirror where the guy could replay all the shit through his eyes and his wife is being unfaithful and he goes yeah. back and replays that that episode fucked me up <laughs> yeah and so i'm obviously susceptible to that kind of stuff to begin with yeah that's really cool i i do i i love a good movie that the, the artistic presentation like makes you realize things about life that you can't you can't just make that happen that comes from like pure artistry and this movie is like pure artistry like yeah no I was gonna say I was reading an article about first of all I like I, I felt like horror movies got a little dead for me at the end of the year not the movies themselves but there just suddenly wasn't any like I, I felt mm-hmm. like I had seen everything there's a few things that I need to see I'm talking about new releases. Um, yeah. Obviously, there was a bunch of stuff I probably didn't even know that was out there, and I may find out about it later. But as far as I knew, I was basically caught up. Once I saw Barbarian, I think I was pretty much in line with what I wanted to see. And then all of a sudden, it was like all this other shit suddenly. Skinnamarine came out of nowhere, and then that, mm-hmm. that other one that I sent you that trailer for, that crazy body horror thing. and um, Yeah, that looks good. <laughs> and I was just reading, before we started, I was just reading an article about another movie that's about to come out, and they were talking about how uh, it per- it's a portrayal of trauma, but it's it's. They were talking about how in in modern times now, or in, like contemporary movies or contemporary horror, we're starting to see these these depictions of trauma in a unique way, like Hereditary and Babadook, where it's you know trauma from a mother's perspective and mm-hmm. a very specific type of trauma, and it, like you know, I mean. Like if you think about if you if you try to boil down what horror is, you know, what it's it's what we find scary. And, you know, the the scariest things in life are 
you know, different for different people, but you can kind of narrow it down to like being alone or being betrayed mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, uh, being neglected or being, you know, hurt or, you know, being left behind by people that you, that you care about, that you convinced yourself you couldn't be without, even though you can, you know, that's part of that. That is scary shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot scarier than to me than like, say, Freddy Krueger. Yes, Freddy Krueger's scary. This weird supernatural creature that, you know, d- comes and haunts you in your dreams and stuff. That idea is very scary. But I'm mm-hmm. not really worried about that happening. <laughs> well, yeah. I think I think people uh people that are like really into the whole like Jungian uh universal unconscious, for them, Freddy Krueger's probably like the ultimate scary monster. That's true. But uh, but if you don't have, like, that going for you, then it's, you know, like, oh, that's neat. Yeah, cool. Oh, he was a horrible man in life, and then they killed him? That's that's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, this this personal trauma trend that we're seeing, really effective. I, I love that that's being explored. I mean, if you go back to, like, the, the origins of horror movies, it's basically don't go into the wealthy scientist-slash-noble's creepy house like that was basically the universal theme of horror movies was don't go to the scary place where rich people are weird. He's so he's so rich and spoiled that he's perverted yeah. himself into some abomination. Yes. It's like a social commentary about wealth or class or something. Yeah. Whereas now we've got like other things and, and even that like that's also uh uh like Texas Chainsaw Massacre flipped that and it was like all right now instead of the wealthy person with the creepy castle it's the impoverished southern southern gothic thing and uh but it's but now that we're getting all of these like personal trauma things where it's not like a thing that you can keep away from it's the the trauma is where you already are like like smile is a great mm-hmm. example like while maybe it didn't stick the landing the the premise of it of 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 the the trauma of suicide committed by others and and how that is a thing that can come for you like blows it away like that's just Wow, and yeah. um, and and all of all of the stuff. And this one, of course, obviously not part of this this new trend, but it it really like set that up. This is this fantastic. Oh my god, this movie is devastating. Yeah, and and it's it. This movie is like a is like a living like precursor precursoring fuck you to all the anti elevated horror people who think it's some modern movement. When this fucking movie was made decades before they were born and was just fucking kicking it out of the park, like, and maybe knocking it out of the park while it was at it. I don't know what kicking it yeah. out of the park is, but, uh, uh I guess, uh, what's it, the, with football? Yeah. No. Or kickball. What's, what's right. kickball? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> foot kick. Foot kick. Yeah. Ball, ball. <laughs> Yeah, and that I, yeah. I mentioned Skin and Ring, which I'm not going to talk about at all because you know, I mean, we might cover it. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's got it definitely has something to do with trauma. Wow, that's uh, oh okay. I still haven't seen it. I'm excited. Yeah, go see that that because that movie. Wow. So you know, it's funny, guys. I mean, I I got super excited when movies like Hereditary and Midsummer and all these kinds of movies were starting to come out. The witch kind of heralded it, even though, you know, I don't think the witch is the best of the bunch. In retrospect, it's, I, I really do like that movie. But 
it, you know, this whole thing where people are talking about elevated horror, or whatever, it's like having intelligence in a horror film is a wonderful thing. And the world is getting fucked up and horror films are reflecting that. And I knew that there was going to be another wave of movies that are going to just hit you right in the gut. And we're starting to see that now. And, yep. you know, after post pandemic and all this Ukraine and all the crazy shit that we're going through right now, the fucking new clock is like seconds before midnight now. And yeah, you know, and I'm like, this is going to make for some, at least make for some good horror movies. (laughs) We can hope. (laughs) Oh man. I, my favorite thing about this movie, and then we'll get into, to rating and other stuff or whatever. Um, I love that it's, we're seeing them, go completely crazy because of the breakup like we're we're seeing their their obsession with things we're seeing how it's like leaving their child is like an afterthought of the whole thing and their like incapacity to cope with their own lives like there's this great scene where she's trying to grab everything that she needs to take with her and she's just doing armfuls of stuff from every surface but everything that she's grabbing is then just falling out of the bottom of her grasp. And by the end of the movie, everything in their house is on the floor <laughs> and everything's just a mess. And all of the cupboards are empty. The countertops are just strewn with meat and, and carving knives. And, and it's, but part of the experience of it is that the movie itself is impossible to, to, it's imp- it's an it's like a crazy experience of watching the movie like you you get a taste of that insanity that 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 obsessive feeling by the way that the camera is focusing mm-hmm. on things that it lingers on things there's all of this stuff with uh like whenever he goes and checks on bob he he like holds bob's rid cage in his hand and is like checking him for bruises and then later whenever he's caring for her he does the same thing and then later when she's caring for him she does the same thing but and so it's we're getting our own internal mythology building of what does this even mean while we're unable to contend with what we're seeing. And that's that the film, the way it's shot is emulating the experience that of what they're going through in its portrayal of what they're going through. And that is just one of the most remarkably like remarkable artistic achievements I've ever seen in a film in my entire life. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And and how many Oscars did this movie win? Oh, that's right. No one gave a shit. Yeah, no one gave a, a shit. It did. It was nominated for the Palme d'Or yeah. at, uh, <laughs> at one of them, like, Con or whatever. Yeah. I don't know which one does Palme d'Or. Con. Con. Okay, good. Uh, and it, yeah, it got nominated. I think it also like won an award for best movie poster. Wow, that's okay. That's cool. Like, I mean, it is a cool okay, poster. Yeah, that's good. it's a good poster. But I mean, uh, but obviously, yeah, this yeah. is a movie that is. I mean, I guess in in a certain respect, to be fair, it, this is one of those movies that at the time when it came out, America was really the U.S. was still really maybe too, too young to even appreciate a movie like this on a large scale. You know, we're seeing that's true. Now we've been through some serious shit. We're we're starting to, you know, there's I think people are starting to be able to understand a movie like that a little bit more in Europe. I mean, they just came out of a fucking war 20 years before this thing was made or 30 or whatever. Um, well, about 25. And uh, that stuff was still fresh in their minds. So that's you, you couldn't make a movie in Europe, probably Western Europe back then without having it influence you in some way, whether you whether you could tell by watching it or not. I mean, it's just. 
It was that was your whole existence was am I going to make it till tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, like I thought about that old lady. And I'm like, you know, she she lived through that damn war. She probably spent many days of her life wondering if she was going to see the next day. Yeah, and now she's playing Heinrich's mom. Probably both wars. Like that lady probably remembered when the troops went off and were supposed to come back before Christmas, and then didn't. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, history can fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, history can fuck you up, and this movie fucked me up. All right. Um, I gave this movie a five out of five. It's it's a perfect movie. I wouldn't change a single frame, a single scene. It's hard to recommend to just anyone you'd really have to know who you were talking to before recommending it to him but for hardcore horror fans for uh fans of cinema and Mm -hmm. and artistry i would even argue that fans of poetry um this movie's hard to beat it's really one of the best movies i've ever seen in my life yeah it's a phenomenal film i also gave it a five um it's I you know I there's nothing lacking in it for me at all. Um, I wish there were more movies that were this perfect, you know, from from start to finish. Uh, but I can tell you that pretty much all the ones that I feel that way about were made in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> and Warner Herzog probably made five of them. Because yeah. <laughs> that guy, oh my God, Fitzgeraldo Aguirre. Even mm-hmm. Nosferatu with Isabella Johnny, I like, even though it's not his best. Um, I mean, God, it just goes on and on. Uh, yeah, it's he's ridiculous. and But this movie is fantastic. I love it so much. Yeah. John, let me stop you right there. Uh, you said Nosferatu. And uh, we do this thing where we do uh, three movies in a row, uh, where mm. it's the original and then two remakes. Mm-hmm. Did you see about the new Nosferatu remake in the works? It, is that real? Yeah, it it is right it, it, because they talk. They're talking about using Willem Dafoe, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Willem Dafoe has officially joined on for Robert Eggers's Nosferatu That's remake. Right. Yeah, I, so see, the, I thought that was a. I thought that was fake because they were making fun of the fact that he played Max Schreck, who plays the original Nosferatu. Yeah, <laughs> but it's perfect. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, and and yeah, the 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 guy that directed the Vavitch was gonna oh, direct man. this. So when that comes out, we might have to do the original Nosferatu, and then of course the uh, the the Klaus Kinski Nosferatu with Abjani, and then of course the Robert Eggers. That would be a really good one, two, three. Yeah, and we'll just ignore the fact that there's a Nos Nos four uh two made no. by Joe Hill. It's it's yeah. What is this weird Polar Express bullshit? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Fuck that entirely. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that was, that was, I was excited whenever I saw the, uh, the Willem Dafoe in Robert Eggers', Eggers is Nosferatu. Yeah, we won't, we won't mention the Joe Hill vehicle. No. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that that's really happening. That's, that sounds really cool. Oh, by the way, okay, a couple things. Carlo Rambaldi, uh, is is one of the guys that made E.T. The oh, okay, nice. Yeah, he worked on Mario Bava films. That's not a surprise coming yeah. from Italy. Uh, he, you know, he worked on T. He worked on Deep Red. Uh, he worked on Alien Evolution. Yeah, he 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 was in, he did some Silver Bullet stuff, Conan the Destroyer. So nice. he's a heavy he's a heavyweight. Yeah, in fact, he's won three Oscars. Uh, the guy that made Shadow of the Vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, 
E. Elias marriage made a, I guess it's, it's short, but not that short, but he made this film is this experimental black and white horror film called Begotten. Ooh. And it's fucking intense. <laughs> it's, Ooh. it's a, a weird like analogy uh, or like a weird uh, like metaphorical take on the Bible. But like in, if you didn't know that it wouldn't matter. It's just insane. And the way he shot it, he shot it in black and white, but then he cranked up the, the exposure and the contrast so that there are no middle tones. It's all black or white. So, you know, it, it, they look like Rorschach images almost, Rorschach images, and it's it's so bizarre. Uh, it's it's available on YouTube for free. Nice. And uh, it's a fucking insane movie. Like, how he went from that, which I love, to Shadow of the Vampire, which is fine, and some other stuff that he did, I, I don't know how he pulled it off, but I, uh, I got in touch with that guy online once, and I was just like, Begotten is so amazing. <laughs> I didn't know what to, I was like, why am I talking to this guy? I had nothing to say. <laughs> And he was super nice and super polite, and I just was like, "Yeah, that was a mistake." They <laughs> <laughs> just fanboyed out. I love your movie. You're so <laughs> <Okay>. cool. <laughs> I know. I was like, "That's all I got." I, I'll see you later. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. check out Begotten, man. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, so apparently, I, I don't remember the title. Ari Aster has a short film from before uh, Hereditary. Uh, that looks really good. I was reading about it. Apparently, it's about a, a father. It's a short film. Father walks in on his son who is masturbating, and oh. they have a heart to heart where he's like, "It's okay. This is a normal thing." And then after the father leaves, we see that the son was masturbating to a photo of his dad, and then it gets weirder from there. I just read about that. I was like, I gotta see that. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about personal trauma. <laughs> wow, that's gonna yeah. be beauty. Thanks for uh, listening, guys. You really should go see this movie. Um, I mean, obviously, if you've gotten to this point, you've already heard the episode first. But for God's sake, go see the movie. Yeah, yeah. Watch the movie and let us know what your interpretation of the things was. That would be interesting because we're two guys that definitely aren't just like-minded <laughs> on a lot of things. And and you are maybe another guy and definitely don't just share our same like and yeah. of stuff. So tell us. Tell us what you think about it and uh, and go watch other horror movies. Tell us what you thought of those other horror movies. Tell us what horror movies you're excited about that aren't coming, that aren't out yet. Uh, or, yeah, don't. or don't. And, you know, as always, we're sorry that uh, you have to get married. <laughs>